Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. W.J. Pierce for creating and performing our music. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Thorne and Cross Haunted Nights Live. We're your hosts, Alistair Cross and Tamara Thorne. Thank you for joining us. Uh, before we get down to business, we would like to tell you a little about our gothic novel, The Ghosts of Ravencrest, which is book one in the Ravencrest saga. We would. Um, Ravencrest Manor casts high. I'm, I'm sorry, I was looking at something else. <laughs> Let's start again. <laughs> Ravencraft Manor. I, I was going to retweet Leanna's tweet is what I was about to do. <laughs> so it was legitimate. It was real business. Ravencraft Manor cast long black shadows across its grand lawns through the surrounding forest and over the picturesque town of Devilswood below. It holds its memories and its ghosts close to its dark heart. When Governess Belinda Moreland arrives at Ravencraft, to tutor Eric Manning's children. It's the most beautiful place she's ever seen, but she soon learns that not only is it built on secrets, its inhabitants keep plenty of their own. From the elegant English butler to the power-mad administrator to handsome millionaire Eric Manning himself, who watches her with dark, fathomless eyes. But Belinda soon realizes that the living who dwell in Ravencrest have nothing on the others, the ones who walk the darkened halls by night, the ones who enter her dreams, the ones who are watching and waiting. Ghostly screams echo as bony fingers clutch at her in the indoor pool. The spirit of a long-dead child calls to her. A trio of gibbering nuns haunts her, their mad black eyes blazing. Ravencrest is a house of spirits, and Belinda is thrust into a world of waking nightmares where there is no distinction between the living and the dead. All right, so if you are into long walks down dark haunted hallways by candlelight, get your copy of The Ghost of Ravencrest today. Book two in the Ravencrest saga, which is titled The Witches of Ravencrest, is also available. And Exorcism, book three, is slated for an early 2020 release. All right, again, you're listening to Thorn and Cross on a night's live. You can learn more about what we do at our websites, alistaircross.com and hammerthorn.com. You can visit our mutual blog at thornandcross.wordpress.com, or if you tweet, our handles are at Tamarthorn and at CrossAllister. Uh, be sure to visit our Facebook on Haunted Nights Live, uh, and you can find us on Instagram at Thorn, at, at Thorn and Cross or at official underscore Alistair Cross. For more information on the show, you can visit Authors on the Air on Facebook, Twitter, and at authorsontheair.com. This is a broadcast of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, LLC. All right, tonight we are excited to have uh, Leanna Renee Heber, he, uh, Heber back, actress, playwright, and author. She is also the best-selling. Uh, she is the best-selling author of the Gothic Victorian fantasy novels for adults and teens. Her strangely beautiful saga hit Barnes and Noble and Borders bestsellers list and garnered numerous regional genre awards. Darker Still was named an American Booksellers Association Indie Next list. Uh, pick and a Scholastic Book Club highly recommended title. A proud member of Performer Unions, uh, <coughs> Actors Equity, and SAG-AFTRA, she lives in New York City where she is a licensed ghost tour guide and has been featured in film and television on shows like Boardwalk Empire. Her new book is A Sanctuary of Spirits, which is book two in the Spectral City novels. Welcome to the show, Leanna. 
Hello. Welcome. I'm so glad to be back with you, my friends. Yes, oh, we're, we're glad to have, to have you. Back. Yes, yes. Um, we uh, okay. So you you are just you're a busy little bee. You're always. <laughs> I can't believe how fast. No, it's fantastic. I love uh, talking to to authors who are as prolific as you are. Every time we, I mean, you you. What do you tell me? What your writing schedule is like? I guess is the first the first question because you really are a high producer. Thank you. My writing schedule is as often as I can, as much as I can. So it's basically I don't really have a set schedule because I also have several freelance jobs, and those freelance jobs are kind of seasonal dependent. As you'd mentioned, I'm a ghost tour guide, so of course a lot of the bulk of that work is in the fall. So I get a lot of work done in the off seasons. So um, January, February, March, when no one wants to be walking the streets of, of New York uh, in a leisurely fashion, you just want to, you know, go quickly. Um, so I, I really kind of take advantage of downtime in my other work that I, that I love. I love everything that I do, which is a blessing. Um, and I think because my books are all set in a, parallel world so all of my characters can cross over from one series to the next so I'm not usually building worlds from whole cloth and that does really help me sit down and be able to write because I know this world so well and I'm continuing to develop new facets of this world the Spectral City series is following Eve Whitby who is the daughter of Natalie and Jonathan Whitby who were the uh, hero and heroine of my young adult series, starting with Darker Still. So I know that their backstory. I've been developing Evelyn North Stewart, who is like kind of the if if Sarah Winchester were this you know badass uh, psychic, um, not not quite as uh, uh, not quite as eccentric out west, but if, if she was an actually much more put together uh, New York spiritualist, um, that would be. Uh, I, I I picture her portrayed as uh, by Helen Mirren. Um, in my work, she's been with me now for, you know, a matriarch figure who's been with me for many, many series now. And she's the sort of linchpin character. And so I have these pillars that allow me to kind of jump right in and just let the story unfold. And that really does help the speed of my writing because I'm not someone who um, can develop plot as quickly as I can develop character. The character for me, I continue just to build. And I think because I know that character is my strength as a writer, I'm leaning into that with characters now that I know so well. And that really does, you know, uh, it shows on the page. Now, you don't have to have read my other work to jump in here, but I think when you, and you know this because, you know, your characters are also really rich and vibrant that regardless of how long you've been with them, if somebody can just jump right in, they'll feel the weight of how long you've been with them just on the page. Not necessarily that you need to know all the backstory, but your familiarity with them is going to allow that warmth for the reader. Um, my Publishers Weekly Review said this was a, a diverse and lived-in world that would be you know, engaging for the reader. So I like that idea of lived-in. I want to, yes, I love yeah, you know, I, making everything spooky, but I want to uh-huh. welcome you in. Yeah. Yeah, Very yeah. Cool. Nice. And on that note, who is your on that note, who is your um like oldest character? Is you know, you you said you you've been with them for a long time. Who's who which one is the one you've been with the longest? Um at this point, the one 
obviously anyone from my Strangely Beautiful series has been with me the most, but the Strangely Beautiful series, the characters there, they're very much in London, and the Spectral City series is very much in New York. So their paths just don't cross, and it wouldn't make sense to make them cross at this point. um, I'm going to have a reference in the third book. I'm going to have a reference to Percy Parker, who is my eldest heroine. Um, But definitely Evelyn North Stewart, the sort of psychic matriarch character, um, has been with me now for a decade and she's been a real linchpin through several different series and she's been such a blast but she's aging and we're uh, eve my young my young heroine you know her grandmother is her best friend and yes she sees the dead she's a psychic medium herself she's the most talented medium of her age she's only 19 her best friend is her grandmother she's aware of her mortality and so there's a certain sense of coming to terms with the idea that she's not always going to have Gran there as a as a living presence. She's surrounded by uh-huh. ghosts, so she knows she'll have her as a spirit. But you know there is a lot of grappling. We're we're very much between life and death. The series is entirely populated by by ghosts, um, and and that's the central part of the premise is that Eve Whitby runs yeah. ghost things. So, nice. so yeah, did the, any of these, these characters, characters come about before you ever started writing? Like, was this something that you? Because, like, for me, and I don't, I don't even know if this is the case with you, Tamara, either. I don't think we've actually ever talked about this. But for me, um, for years before I even started writing, um, oddly, I had like uh, all kinds of notes and you know uh, notebooks full of uh, characters, you know, their names, their descriptions, jobs, personalities. They didn't have a story to go into, but I had all these characters. Um, did you yeah. know, Leanna, was it like that for you? It wasn't quite as specific as that. It's more like I had tropes that I knew I needed to to explore. I think for me, the I, I had a sense of all of these energies that I wanted to deal with. I, I very much felt pushed, literally, quite literally, pushed and kind of prodded by the spirit world ever since I was a child to write about the spirit world. And I think that these types of characters are the embodiments of things that I can really only describe as sort of um, the spirit world wanting me to write about them. And so it's not necessarily a specific spirit. It's sort of an amalgam of tone and uh, uh-huh. personality type and and representative people of of the 19th century all of whom are marginalized characters in some way. And so these were people that, whose stories were not told. My, my books are very diverse. They have a lot of characters who are neuro, neurologically diverse, um, uh, racially diverse, religiously diverse, um, orientation, uh, identity. Um, and so I, wanna, I want everyone to see themselves in some part of my fiction and see how all these different people with different backgrounds come together to save the day. Cause I really think that that's the fundamental, you know, aspect of a, of a healthy society is being able I, to have you know all what? these I love that you did that. That, that is one, yeah. of the, that's yeah. one of the coolest things. I love that. You. In fact, one of my favorite books that, that Tamara, that you wrote is Moonfall and you did that. You did the, you know, the uh, different people from different backgrounds, religious, and they all kind of come together oh. to save the day because I love yeah. this because at the end of the day, when the chips are down, what really matters is that we're human and that we work together. I love that. So thank you both. Yeah, for that. thank you. <laughs> well, and yeah, yeah, well, it's that's... so rare lately for writers to do lots and lots of character points of view, and I couldn't stand writing without it. Experiential differentiation is everything to me. Yeah, <laughs> I know so how everybody yeah. feels, and you do that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, it was interesting for me because I, I went down to less POVs with this one. I really only have than than in my previous series. Um, I decided to uh-huh. put, I decided to constrain myself a little bit and stick to a few, um, a <laughs> few more direct <laughs> points of view on that. I decided I was going to like rein myself in a little bit, but there's still there still are several. Um, I just yeah. really in this current climate where everything is really divisive, I really find it very. Um, healing and also important. And if I'm going to put something out in the world, I want it to be about people coming together in a healthy way, yeah. um, right. still understanding the differences and grievances, and not just pay, not just bowling over them, but being, you know, finding a, a found family of characters, a sort of assembling my Scooby Gang um, to save the day in a very, you know, dark and spooky environment. And so definitely those those echoes of of those characters that have been kind of pushing me for so many years, they all, they were all wanting to be written. So I had to figure out this place where they could all, would all be both welcome and then utilized. And so of course my books were always going to be dealing with the paranormal because I think my, my sort of connection to the paranormal, it's been with me since I was a child. It was just inextricable from my creative process. Right. Right. Yeah. So now, now the 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 the, the uh, new book, uh, Sanctuary of Spirits, uh, this is book two in the Spectral City novel. Um, <laughs> that's not I, I'm okay. leaving. <laughs> I, I love that um, that we have a, a, a hellhound accompanying us yeah, we in the right, background. We, True, we do that on purpose truly a hellhound. Yeah, not mine. <laughs> right. I love so it. The new perfect. Book, the new book is uh, okay. So the new book is a Sanctuary of Spirits, book two in the Spectral City series. And uh, what can you tell us about a Sanctuary of Spirits? What's this one about? So this one picks up where the first book leaves off. I have had many people, including a recent uh, a recent review on NPR, that said you can jump right into this um, without having read the first book. Um, it depends on if you're somebody who is a who's a serious purist about that, but this is book two. Um, I allude to what happened in book one, so it's not like you're going to be left completely in the dark. I do a bit of a recap um, as I want people to feel like they can come in at any point, at least have some kind of sense of what's happening. Um, uh-huh. they, because the this core part of this mystery is different from the first book. What you'll notice that separates me from a mystery novelist exclusively is that I do have a three-part mystery, and not every part is resolved in each book. It, um, by the time that we get to the third book, which will be out in July, called A Summoning of Souls, we will have resolved the three-prong mystery that this part of this trilogy um, will all be wrapped up at that point. So I, I resolved one part right. of it in the first book, a second part of it here in the second book. Um, and this second book is dealing with a mortician who is unceremoniously and without the permission of the living or the dead taking tokens from bodies that he uh, um, curates as a mortician and as an undertaker. Um, he's taking tokens and he's putting them into these sort of twisted religious art pieces. And so it's a lot about, um, well, frankly, it's about respect and consent of the living and the dead. Mm -hmm. And it was an interesting way for me to deal with ideas of boundaries between the living and the dead and also just respect just in a general sense. And so there's these spirits of, of, of children who are unsettled and they don't know why because they haven't been able to put together what's happened and why are they still 
kind of being kept here from fully being moved from fully moving on. And it really isn't about the body part. It's really about that transaction that was not done with their permission. And so that's really more why, why, why they're unsettled. It's not necessarily about any idea of the sanctity of the body necessarily. That's just, a, you know, it's a carbon, you know, it's a set of carbon and, and mass, but um, it's sort of the more overarching representation of this. And so Eve and my ghost precinct to a group of young female mediums, my girl gang of, of psychics who nice. <laughs> are, are trying to respond to this, you know, this, this disappearance of this mortician who's also um, disappeared uh, one of his former lovers um, along with him. So he's gone, she's gone. And then all of these spirits are unsettled and they're trying to figure out why. And so there's several other kind of, misdirects as as a greater threat is looming while they're trying to basically do both a missing persons reconnaissance situation and uh, a a large spectral intervention while there's a a new realm that's opened up to them so there's a a ghost uh, one of their ghost um, operatives their, their best ghost operative disappeared in the first book and she's back now and she's telling them how she survived so the the sanctuary of spirits is an actual place that's in this book, and it's sort of a liminal space between the living and the dead that was created by the dead for the dead as a place of safety. And now that is also in jeopardy. Nice. Oh, how nice. fun! Cool. I love these books. And I, I have a yes. question, um, not about the book, but about you. Um, you you mentioned that you've been aware of the spirit world since you were very young. How did that happen? Um. I really sort of can't pinpoint the specific time that it did. All I do know is that I was, from almost a pre-verbal scenario, really drawn to various religious spaces of all kinds. I was drawn to anything that was sort of uh, spirit-based. I was drawn to ghost stories. I was drawn to um, these interesting moments of, like, religious ecstasies and mysticism in general. Uh-huh. Um, I was obsessed with Hildegard von Bingen's music when I was a kid. You know, the interesting uh-huh. different things that, like, my, my parents were, you know, show, um, exposed me to classical music and, and to music from around the world. And so I was always drawn mm-hmm. to this sacred music from different world traditions. Oh, yeah. um, and I, I, so for me, it just, I've been this sort of, I guess, drawn to mysticism in all forms, um, you know, from my earliest moments when mm-hmm. my great grandmother died, who I'm partial, partially named for, the Anna in my name is from her. When she died, I had been, I'd had this fever. And when she died, my fever broke. Um, she was, you know, she died up north in Ohio because I was sick. I couldn't, uh-huh. my family couldn't be up there. Um, and so we later found out that, like, she had died right as my fever broke. And I went into this religious like I basically went into like an ecstatic state talking about God and the angels right after uh-huh. that moment and so I you know my, my family kind of thinks I, I had some sort of like experience where I was seeing her spirit um, and you know this it was kind of this magical moment but kind of wild because here I was you know a, a, a really young kid using elaborate words that they had never heard me yeah. use before that were a little bit beyond my voc- vocabulary as a toddler. <laughs> um, you know, so there was something mm-hmm. absolutely kind of awestruck about that for them. And so I think there's something that was just always been a part of me and just kind of always watching over me with me that has been just such a fundamental driver for me going forward. And so I, I, I think of 
um, of, of Anna Browsey often, my great grandmother, and, oh. and I think she's with me still. So I think in a, in a lot of ways, I think I am, you know, I'm I'm writing to honor my foremothers. That's, That's wonderful. Cool. It is. Yeah. And and did I and did I you know not not to um, did I hear you say that your name is pronounced Liana? Well, it's both. It's it's tricky because um, in some it's a regional thing because I grew up in rural Ohio and so there's really much more of an ah sound. So it's usually um, many folks will say Liana, some will say Liana, and I like them all. So there's really not any one okay, way, but good, the, but good. the correct the correct German way to yeah. say it is Anna. So that so okay. Anna Browsey was her name, and so the. You know, it's it's. I basically don't. My my only pet peeve is if anybody leaves the A off the end of my name. So I'm not a Leanne, but you. But, Leanne. But, so you have to have the A on the end. You have to have the A on the end, and then however you pronounce it, I don't care as long as the A is on the end. Okay, so, good because because yeah, I've been yeah. calling you Leanna, and and when I heard you say, I'm like, oh man. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just but if it is, the, yeah, the German. If it's the German Anna, it would. You know, it's just it's just Anna. Then it was that. Okay. So, but it did adapt when you put it with the with the Leah part of it. So yeah. yes, so yeah. it's, uh, okay. it's an amalgam. Right. And the sure, and the pretty. last name is the last name is Heber, correct? Or, right? It is because in the German name okay. you pronounce the second vowel. So I'm like okay. Justin Bieber, except ah. a little less contentious. Okay. There you, go. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Just wanted to make sure I had this right because, you know, now that we've had John like three or four times, it would be a little embarrassing if, oh, I've been saying your name wrong no, all no, this time. Who knows? You know? so, and, and the reason, I mean, I should have, I, probably for everybody's sake, I probably should have taken a pen name, but the reason I didn't take a pen name is I went to see this very powerful psychic, and I was just about to sign my first writing contract for my first professional piece of work, and I was really wrestling whether I over, whether I was going to use my name or a pen name and this psychic like pretty much right when I walked in the door she said don't say anything just sit down and don't move I'm going to talk to you for 20 minutes and then you can ask me questions and right out of the gate she said three names use all three names your three names oh wow I, I had oh, wow. nothing I, she had no idea what I was that, pondering right? And so I was yeah. like, because of how tied to the spirit world I have been, and my books always are, I was like, the spirit world has spoken. This is my writer's name. Right. <laughs> so, I can't argue with that. So, so when people are like, why do you write under this name? I'm like, oh, I have a reason. And it is, yeah, it is, it is from the heavens, and you do not mess with that. I like, like Don't a, argue with me. Uh, <laughs> exactly. The uh, like the Santeros would say, "Con los Santos no se juega." Like, don't play with the saints. Yeah. Like, you know, that's you just <laughs> just gotta let it be, and and don't mess right, with it. Right. Exactly. I agree. It's memorable. It's either. easy to it's easy to remember. It is. Yeah. It is. I just want to make sure I got it right. So now no, we're, we're almost out of time. But what can you tell us about um, what you're working on now? I mean, are you are you headlong into the next in the series, the the, the book three, yeah. or is there something else going on? Yes, I literally just turned in the revisions on summoning of souls yesterday. So, <laughs> so it's you know it's it's all full speed ahead. Um, and uh, so my um, yeah yes the the third book in the series is called a summoning of souls. It's going to be out from Kensington uh, July in July, and so I'm really excited about that. And I would really love to continue this series, so I hope that folks will pick up the Spectral City series because I would love to do this one for our next couple of books. So we're in the process of figuring out um, if we are going to do that or if we're going to take a slightly different direction um, and, and focus on a couple of other thematic things. But I would personally really love 
to continue the Spectral City series for at least another couple books if possible. So, so everybody pick it up so I, so we yeah. can continue with these delightful characters. I I have to say that this particular oh, yeah. series has been such a a delight for me. I, I kind of had a, a rough patch creatively um, going into this series, and I basically just begged my characters. I said, "I need to make. I need you guys to make me love this again." And they really did. Yeah. I fell so in love with them, and and the response to the characters has been so overwhelmingly positive, and I'm really, really blessed. So I think that magic that I begged them to help me with, it, it, I think it's shown through. There's a lot of heart in this book, in addition to spooky, yes, but there's also a lot of heart and love in it. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I hope right. folks will, will come, come for well, this you know, for the right. soft... Well, what's that? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, oh, I Alice hope so folks will come for, for the spooky ghosts and the soft ghosts, mm-hmm. the friendly ghosts. Both of them. Well, we already have you booked for next July, so we're all I'm set. I'm so excited. Yes, yeah, so, and, and we'll we'll help you out. We'll get that out there, as, as, you know, as much as we can. I have one more one more question for you before we we let you go, just because oh, I'm yeah. curious and it's and it's silly. Okay, so every time I see a, a, a photograph of you, you you are you are dressed in your your finest Victorian garb, which I love. Are you mm-hmm. dressed in Victorian garb right now? <laughs> Elements of elements of there are things that you will see that are that are Victorian esque, but as as we speak, I am working production in. Uh, I, I was just working uh, as a stage manager at a television studio, and there are a lot of wires, and there are a whole lot of things that are draping around. So if I'm in my full flowy things, um, yeah. <laughs> then that would be a problem. So I'm basically sort of in, I'm basically kind of in a a Victorian sort of riding outfit, but I am in pantaloons um, like a good Victorian sportswoman. So I'm in in brocade, they are, they are brocade pantaloons with boots and, uh, and, and and a a sort of tunic. So I still look very much out of the modern time. So you would in fact recognize me. If if I were in just you know I do have one pair of jeans but I I have that as a costume piece in case I have to do background work for film and television right. I have a pair of jeans if I have to blend in with the rest of the world as a costume. Right, all right. So now oh, where can funny. you where can our listeners find out more about you and your work? So you can go to lianareneheber.com and that is L-E-A-N-N-A-R-E-N-E-E-H-I-E-B-E-R.com and that connects to all uh, my series. My Each of my series has its own page so you can read about the different series um, and all the rest of the things that I do. I'm on social media most often on Twitter. So I'm at Leanna Renee, L-E-A-N-N-A-R-E-N-E-E. Um, I'm on Twitter more than any of my other social media. So if you want to interact with me, that's going to be the best one. And yeah, type in the Spectral City, and it'll come up wherever books are sold. Please support your local independent bookstores if you can. Um, they're having a tough time right now. We really, you know, if you want to still have brick and mortar uh, stores, there's a site called IndieBound. I N D I E B O-U-N-D, IndieBound, will connect you with a local uh, independent bookseller. And even if you don't have one within, you know, close distance, they can ship to you and you're supporting something that's local. You just type in your zip code, they'll connect you with the closest store, and you can use that as your sort of, you know, party affiliate seller um, um, for the paperback copies. Uh, You can also do digital wherever you get your books. So look for Spectral City uh, or Sanctuary and uh, Sanctuary of Spirits and and or <laughs> all of the right. um, and it'll come right up. So um, I, I right, look forward perfect. to 
your support. Thank you. Oh, yeah. yep, you bet. And you know what? You, uh, it's 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 always great having you. We already have you booked for next time. We're already, and we look forward to it. You are you are a delight, and we we enjoy having you. Yes, and, you are. Uh, to, to the listeners, uh, again, the book is A Sanctuary of Spirits, which is book two in the Spectral City novels. Um, we have we recommend them, which that's all you we need do. to know. They're good. Yes. That's right. <laughs> thank you. Thank all right. You. So until, until next week, thank you, everybody, for listening. And until next week, we wish you haunted nights. And sweet screams. Thank you for listening. Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. <laughs>